that I had been working as a sex worker, as an escort, I had been living in this web of lies for so many years. It was first when I stood there in that moment that I realized that, oh my God, you know, maybe this is actually the story that, that I need to tell. Maybe this is the story that wants to be heard. And the truth is that for me, working as a sex worker was a choice. This is the Feminine Power Podcast, where we explore ancient and modern wisdom and discover practical tools to cultivate a deep connection with our feminine essence and sexual energy. I'm your host, Maria Grinina, and I dedicate my life to nurturing and growing feel the community of empowered women reclaiming their power through exploring the most potent energy, sexual energy. You can join our community for free and access a rich tapestry of knowledge from diverse, incredible teachers from all over the world. And I leave the link to join in this podcast description for you. In this podcast, through interviews with inspiring teachers and experts who serve our field community, we explore various aspects of femininity, including self-love, body positivity, sexuality, relationships, intuitive wisdom, embodiment, and feminine leadership. Welcome to the Feminine Power Podcast. In this episode, I speak to Emilia Lyoness. She's a holistic gut health coach, public speaker, poet, and a kini. When I met Emilia, I was fascinated by her beauty, her radiance, her magnetism, her femininity, and her strength. I was so, so inspired by how she shares her story with pride, without judgment, and without shame. Emilia comes from a background of sex work and uses her story as a tool to open up a space for deep connection through the power of vulnerability. She has healed herself from colitis and autoimmune disease by embodying her emotional work, supported with detoxification and loving nutrition. And she's now committed to helping others realizing their own healing powers. The reason I invited you is that, first of all, you have this incredible presence of a woman who fully owns herself. And uh, I also, I, I was fascinated by your story when I heard it in uh, Ibiza a few months ago. And generally, it has been such a pleasure to know that you've been a part of this um, community I'm building and knowing that there are such brave women out there who are able to step fully in their power and share a story like you do already uh, in many different places and now on this podcast. Yeah, thank you so much, Maria, and thank you for having me. Uh, it's really a pleasure to get to be here and share. Um, my name is Emilia Lyoness, and I'm from Sweden. I, um, yeah, uh, basically, I have come to a place in my life that I have gone through a lot of healing, like especially with my digestive system. And um, when I was on that journey of trying to understand what was going on, basically in 2016, I was diagnosed with colitis. And uh, colitis is like a large amount of inflammation in the large intestine. And I really went on this inner journey where I tried to understand what inflammation comes from. And in the beginning, it went a lot through the direction of nutrition and trying to understand what to eat and what not. And, um, but as I kept diving deeper into the layers of this, I started understanding the big impact that emotions have on our digestive health as well. And I started understanding that um, digestive issues are many times undigested emotions, experiences that we have had that we haven't been able to process. Um, and I think for me, like a very big and life-changing moment was when I was uh, participating in a self-development course in LA and um, I, I was asked to put myself in a place of 
not looking only at myself as an individual, but instead looking at myself as part of something bigger, as what if I was a part of a group or a community or a city or even the world? And what if there was something within me that could actually be helpful for, for that bigger consciousness, but maybe I was keeping myself small because I was afraid of being judged or afraid of looking bad if I would fully show those parts of myself. So for me, what showed up in that moment was boom, I have a story. I have something that I have lived that I have really been hiding from the world. It was that I had been working as a sex worker, as an escort. I had been living in this web of lies for so many years towards friends, towards family. It was first when I stood there in that moment that I realized that, oh my God, you know, maybe this is actually the story that that I need to tell. Maybe this is the story that wants to be heard. And the truth is that for me, working as a sex worker was a choice. It was not something that I had been held against my will to do. It was something that I had been introduced to and something that I chose from free will. And to be honest, it was something that gave me quite a good life and something that many times was very exciting. Um, And I think that there was a big part of me that had been living in a victimhood around that story because if, you know, if I did tell that story to someone, I would always tell it from a place of putting myself on the side of that, yeah, I had to do that because I was struggling money or but it was always coming a little bit from a victimized mindset not fully owning the fact that I did have choices and it was a choice that that I made and I felt that one of the biggest things for me was to actually come back and take that piece of myself that I had neglected for so long and bring it back home and say that hey this is me I chose this And even if it wasn't something that I was choosing anymore, it was still something that I had chosen and that had led me to become exactly the person that I was in that moment. And for that reason, I still felt that I needed to bring that peace home. So Mm. in that course, I got to stand up on stage and I got to share my story in front of about 50 people. And when I did that, I recognized what a difference, first of all, like what a relief it was to just stand in that truth and just hold myself and say, hey, you know what? This is me. I own this. I I bring this piece back to myself now. And I chose this. And, And after that, having so many women come to me and share their personal stories and tell me how me sharing with them helped them to bring home a piece of themselves too. And I felt that that was the moment that something sparked in me, something awoke that said, oh my God, I think that people actually need to hear this story. I think that we actually need to talk about these things. Sometimes we put pieces in the shadow because there is so much shame and guilt around those stories. We are taking a little break so that you can learn how to access your sexual energy and feminine power at any time and learn to embody your most confident, beautiful, powerful self. We've gathered a community of leading teachers, tantra, embodiment, sex, love, intimacy, relationship coaches. And together with them, we create simple daily practices and rituals that you can access online on demand. 
embodiment, breath, tantric practices, meditations, dance, movement, everything you need to cultivate your sexual energy and feminine power. Even five minutes a day make a huge difference. You can access these practices in the Feel Portal at a super affordable price from $15 to $30 per month. And believe me, this is the investment that has unbelievable huge returns for your life, love, relationships, creativity, abundance, pleasure, and so much more. Get ready to awaken your inner goddess Harness your feminine power and radiate authenticity in every area of your life. Join the Feel Portal at feelup.co slash membership or find the link in this podcast feed or on our Instagram at feel underscore women. And what I came to recognize was that in my story, I, I was feeling not really you know, bad about what I had chosen because of myself. But I was feeling bad about it because I felt that other people were going to think badly of me. I thought that other people were going to judge me. And and I think that it's a very common thing, especially around sexuality, um, and especially something that many women live with, even if they haven't made choices as extreme as my choice. that can still come to so many layers of sexuality where we have chosen something that is a little bit unconventional and it sometimes feels like we can't own that piece of ourselves because society is going to judge it. So Mm -hmm. uh, the next piece for me here was to... um, because I started realizing that, oh my God, I want to actually speak about this on stages i want to use this to make a difference and but i first have to come clean to a few people in my life because Mm -hmm. um i have been living this lie and you know the first people that i had to come clean to uh they were my parents Mm -hmm. um the next day i made a phone call to both of my parents uh, one by one and um, I think that was also f- such a big freeing healing experience because for so many years I had been lying to them about where I was going and what I was doing and that had really created a separation in our relationship we were not really close at all anymore and the thing was that my mom always wanted us to be more in touch and I would speak often to her but I would always feel extremely triggered every time I spoke to her because she would ask me so many questions and um, she's someone that I I would say that she's quite intuitive and uh, I mean aren't all mothers at the end of the day Um, and she would she would always ask me so many questions and it would always be she would always want to know everything about work yeah. how i was making money and how i was making it by and i always wanted to end the conversation at that point and and that really created such a crack in our relationship so when i finally called her up and told her the truth um, I felt that there was such an immense amount of healing that happened in our relationship as well. It was very important for me to have both my parents recognize that this was something that I had chosen and not had been feeling bad about, and also that it had nothing to do with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was someone that always kind of had a lot of pride in that I could take care of myself, that I didn't need anyone And it was always very hard for me to ask for help. And I think that that was a big part in why I chose to do the work that I did in the first place. But later on as well, like I had a lot of really exciting experiences because of that. Mm -hmm. And it was actually beautiful to see how my mom was very accepting and she actually told me, both my parents told me that they already knew. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and that they already um, had understood this 
So at the end of the day, I was the one that had just been living with this pain of this lie for no reason, to be honest. If I could have just been able to actually own that earlier, then maybe our relationship could have been completely different much longer time ago. <laughs> mm. That is such a beautiful and inspirational story. I absolutely agree with you in terms of sometimes, and I've experienced that as well, actually, also with my parents. So when there is a secret and you are the one that knows the secret and come up with all these thoughts around that secret that you are the one a victim of it you have to carry it everyone if you if they find out the world is going to collapse and everyone's going to be so sad and mad and you're going to be the one to blame and then you carry this emotion and with yourself for years and then when you come clean and like you actually have this conversation suddenly the other person is like yeah i knew you knew <laughs> so uh, and you're like oh my god this all could have ended years ago and I was the one who was causing the pain to myself while actually on the other side there was no um, problem or judgment or anything and yeah and of course not to say that obviously this is a this is a subject that definitely mm -hmm. could have had uh, a lot of judgment and um and i do understand that maybe it's not something that all families would be able to be okay with but i do understand too that it had a lot to do with how i delivered it to them mm. and also how there had been this new mission for me within wanting to actually help others in regard to sharing myself and there was a beauty in that too, where both of my parents told me that they are proud and that they stand behind me in sharing, which made me feel invincible. I was like, oh my God, if my parents can stand with me, then I don't care who else mm -hmm. will stand with me at this point because I got myself and I got my parents. Mm -hmm. and, and I was like, if nobody else accepts me at this point, then I'm still good. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. And I think, of course, that the biggest part is really about of our own acceptance. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we don't even need to share with anyone. It's not about that, but it's really about looking into ourselves and looking into, am I okay with this? I chose this and am I okay with it? Or is it a piece that I'm really like neglecting and feeling shameful about? And maybe there is something deeper here that I have to look at if that's the case. Um, now, as you, as you say so uh, about self-acceptance, and I can even feel that in my body, like when you accept yourself and how you're just saying with self-questioning and self-reflection, Am I okay with that? Am I okay with myself? Very often what happens is we kind of like pet ourselves and be like, yes, I'm okay with it. But then we don't actually feel okay with it. The feeling right. then kind of comes through the body and actually goes very low into the belly. And as you've been saying in the beginning, in the digestive system and for many people in their pelvic floor, it's all kind of this unacceptance goes through your entire body. And... I wonder how and when, at which, at which point did you actually physically feel a full acceptance of yourself and how did you get there? Right. So I would say that after this experience um, of starting to share, there was a huge shift where I could all of the, like it, it was a massive shift to my entire digestion just after that. Um, but I would say that there have still been layers sometimes mm. where I recognize that there is still work to be done there. There mm. is still, and it was actually very recently that I, I was sitting in a beautiful mushroom ceremony and, um, uh, and I, I felt, I really felt in my lower belly 
and in my pelvic area, I started feeling all these kind of icky feelings moving around for me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what is this now? And then I recognized that, oh, it's that, you know? And, and I was like, there is something still there that wants to be felt because it's been so many layers for me. Um, I have done several trainings with emotional release tools, several trainings with uh, shamanic energetic work and um, so many different layers uh, tapping into that body consciousness and that's what's so beautiful with our bodies is that our bodies are such intelligent uh intelligent machines you know of consciousness where they they hold everything and uh yeah just very very recently i had that experience in the ceremony where I started feeling that, oh my God, there is actually still another layer here that I haven't acknowledged within myself um, that was not feeling okay and that wants to be acknowledged, that wants to be acknowledged that, hey, you know what? Like, you did go against yourself here and there were things that, uh, that were not feeling okay within that because obviously... In the world of sex work, there are so many different experiences. And I had good experiences and I had bad experiences. And I think that especially while I was in it, the only way that I could really manage was to not feel all of that at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, it has been many years of coming back to uh, to feeling those layers and to acknowledging them and, and being present with whatever emotions that arise in those moments and whatever wants to be felt and whatever the vessel actually wants to communicate in that moment. So I feel that I have come a very long way in regards to that self-acceptance and I'm also understanding that uh, yeah, there are still pieces there. There are still layers that that want to be heard. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's a lifelong journey, um, regardless of background, really, for all of us to continuously tune in into our bodies and really feel what they need. But I would love to ask curious questions um, about your life, as you know, there aren't many women out there who are truly able to share the story shamelessly as you do. And as a result, a lot of women who go through similar experiences have no idea what it's like for others and therefore they cannot relate. And when you can't relate, you can't really find like a ground or a space or any sort of reference point to go and find what works for you and find a healing path and figuring out Things on your own is, isn't easy. And thank you for being able to share. So I wonder, what do you what do you say by like bad experiences and good experiences that you've had? And any any stories you want to share and any also reference points of like how you currently and how you before have dealt with any memories and to kind of claim the power and fully release and continue healing yeah i wonder if you have examples and stories sure mm -hmm. um i think one of the worst things that can happen to you as a sex worker uh is that you perform the work and you don't get paid mm. um, because at the end of the day sex work is an exchange of energy and the truth is that with most clients, I would not have exchanged my sexual energy if I would not have been paid for it. Mm -hmm. So um, I would say that my worst experiences were experiences where I was being reassured that I was going to get paid and then it didn't happen. And mm -hmm. I felt extremely violated in those experiences. and. That those were also things that I think somatically sat in the body that many years later I had to revisit uh, in somatic healing experiences and 
important and come back to actually feel and release because uh yeah that felt like a big violation mm-hmm. almost like being raped in a way even if it wasn't violently happening but it was something that took away the whole part of consent yeah and that makes sense uh, from all sort of energetic perspective as like you've given so much and because there hasn't been an exchange it feels like and it is like it has been taken away from you yes and i think that Many times women can relate to this topic even in in their regular lives because I feel that many times women give sex for love. Yeah. And many times the sex happens and then the love is taken away. Uh, mm. The man doesn't call her back or yeah. he changes in how he uh, is behaving towards her. And that too creates many times that kind of feeling in women where it's like, oh my God, like I would not have given my consent to this if I knew he was going to behave this way, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, uh, and I think, you know, on the other hand, um, I I also had good experiences. I, I met with many, many beautiful men in my work. I think that one of the greatest experiences that I got to understand in all of this is that at the end of the day, we're all just looking for connection. Mm. Um, I think that if I could give one word to my entire life, that would be the word for what my life is about. It's about connection. Mm. And I feel that I got to give that to a lot of men. Uh, and for a lot of people in general, because it's something that I also feel that I give to a lot of women in my life. Um, but through my work, I got to give that to a lot of men. And many people ask me, you know, like, oh, you must have had so many like kinky experiences. And I say, you know what? It's like most of most people, they wanted things that were pretty basic, you know, <laughs> They just wanted to have a girlfriend experience. They wanted to go for dinner and have a date and, you know, go home and make love and sleep together. Mm. <laughs> um, and of course, then there, there were some little kinky things. Like I had someone show up with a bottle of whipped cream once. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, pretty light. <laughs> and, and it's still pretty light. Yeah. Thing, you know? And I remember at the time, I was like, oh, my God, I'm lactose intolerant. I can't do this. I love it. Oat cream. Exactly. <laughs> but I love what you say, because in my observation, and I, I do lots of intimacy events where uh-huh. a lot of men come and like of different background. And at the same time, I do this work um online right providing education around sexuality and i see how a lot of companies um in a similar space in with a similar missions are taking this approach of blaming men and like making them look like these predators who um who basically claim so much from women and then like don't really want to give them anything and like there are all these jokes oh men don't know where the clit is and they have no idea how to do anything but then in reality, when you really see people and like when I see them on intimacy events and when I see who comes and like this normal everyday people um, <laughs> working hard, nine to five jobs, like they all actually just are looking for connection. And this communication online around wh- what men are, and especially when it comes to sex and dating, is really destroying them because they don't, they have this image that society feeds to them that they are the predators and these aggressors Mm -hmm. but actually what they are looking for is also just love and connection and it's harder for them to find because on social media and in movies their image is the ones who are like this those who don't actually need it and just need sex and women are those who are looking for connection but that's not true. All of us are looking for connection, despite gender or anything else. So I'm, I'm, I love that you're raising this point, and I would love to, yeah, just to kind of hear 
your thoughts on how did you feel and why did you come up why did you and why are you saying now that connection is what you saw was needed even through your work yeah i think that uh something that came through very clearly was that a lot of my clients were very busy men uh business people that were traveling a lot and uh that you know sometimes they would be married and they had maybe even lost a sense of connection to their partner because of their busy hectic lifestyles mm -hmm. and i feel that connection is something that really needs to be nourished and something that needs to be uh maintained in a relationship so and i mean even if you're not in a relationship but you have this like hectic lifestyle and you're traveling all the time it's really difficult to uh, to build connections with people when you're always coming into new places. How do you actually just go and meet someone and get to have a moment of connection when uh, when when it's all quick, you know? Or you, maybe you come into one city just for a night. And these days, I know that there are a lot of dating apps and things like that, and. But I do believe that men who choose to seek out sex workers many times do that because uh, because of their busy lifestyle and also because of their privacy. Mm -hmm. uh, many times I see that uh, you know they are high-profile people that uh, at least the clients that I was working with um, they were people that also needed their own privacy. They it wasn't easy for them to just go out and go on a date in every new city they came to, but they also had needs. And uh, and I felt that their needs were easier met in this kind of way. They could actually come in and have an experience and also ask for what they wanted in that experience. Mm -hmm. This is also a big part in, in life, right? That many times when, when we meet someone and we're going to date someone, we have this fear of truly asking for what we want. Mm. Uh, and I feel that in the line of sex work, it always becomes much more clear because now it's a transaction and you actually uh, can come in and have this secret meeting where you get to ask for exactly what you want in that moment <laughs> and have those needs met and have someone that is happy to serve that to you. And maybe if we were being more courageous in general in life to ask for what we wanted, then maybe we could have those needs met more often on, on a daily basis. But but yeah, I, I truly feel that um, um, th that it all had to do with, with busy lifestyles and privacy. Mm. Well, um, first of all, absolutely, you are right. It is asking for what you want could be solving so many problems very often. And secondly, I really like, I'm, I'm grateful you're sharing these things so openly. And I really would love to know, uh, what did you like about your work? Because that's that's the cool part. You're saying that <laughs> you've chosen it. So it's not yeah. that you're a victim and this poor girl that how usually all these things are portrayed, right? You've right. owned your desires and you've owned your choices. So why was that and how was that? There was something like quite um, exciting for me about the idea of showing up in front of a door and not knowing who's going to be on the other side of that door. Yeah. Um, because I was working with an agency, so I had an agency that was scouting the clients for me. Um, so I never knew who was going to be on the other side. They had maybe given me a little bit uh, information about this client about about his age or any preference or anything like that but but most of the time it it was a pure mystery mm -hmm. and sometimes you would have the pleasant surprise that you know all of a sudden it would be a very handsome man on the other side of the door and mm -hmm. you would actually end up having a really lovely yeah. evening um and then sometimes it it wouldn't be like that, but I felt that with most clients, uh, like I felt that I was able to create a good time. Uh, and, and then of course you had those odd occasions um, where I was also always allowed to say, if I didn't feel comfortable, I could always leave. Um, mm. 
think that's an important part as well. Um, and I felt that there were few occasions that I did leave, but I had, uh, yeah, a few occasions where I just felt that I can't do this. And I think that uh, one of the main ones that I can remember, it was um, it was this client, because it didn't have so much to do about, you know, like what the client would look like or where they were from. It had to do with how I felt treated. Um, and I got to meet with this client at a hotel for drinks and he was with a group of friends and um, the whole time they were just talking to each other there was like he didn't exchange a single word with me I just felt like an object sitting there um, and I didn't really felt I, I didn't really feel very considered or yeah, I mean, I guess for me it was because that that's the thing too, that there needs to be some level of connection happening uh, for, for it to be possible for me too. Mm. If it's just like come in and stand here, then no, I can't do this. Stand here, lay there, do this, do that. No, that doesn't work for me. Like uh, even if I would have a one hour booking, there would always be about at least 10 minutes that we would sit down and speak to each other mm -hmm. and have a conversation to actually connect and if that connection didn't occur then then i i couldn't do it mm. well good for you also respect right so if in in this situation if there is if someone just treats you like an object it's just not and there is lack of respect as as, as well so that's amazing you stand for yourself always um yeah and of course i think that that's uh, those are pieces that are not always easy when it comes mm -hmm. to sex workers i think we have all uh betrayed ourselves at times yeah. <laughs> uh, in in that sense and that those are also other layers there where, where we need to come back again and and really feel that and feel that betrayal and apologize to to our bodies for yeah. for allowing that um and then you've had this life where you liked your work but then you had a secret about it right so all the lies and yeah hiding in front of the most loved people so how do you think that manifested in your body like as you've been saying is it just digestion or what signs did you feel that that's wrong for the body yeah it was definitely my digestive issues uh, um there was a lot of um i mean it's also like that you're holding back on your voice that i, I was holding back on my voice that i was not expressing myself and a lot of that uh, sat in the liver there were a lot of unexpressed emotions and i think even like a lot of unexpressed rage there for the times that i would have wanted to say something and I didn't. Uh, and also the times that I would have wanted to say something to clients to set boundaries that I didn't. Mm. Um, so all of that manifested in my digestive system and, uh, and it really made such a great difference for me when I started to speak about it because all of a sudden it was like, oh, finally, you're acknowledging <laughs> that all of this was here. And that those were just pieces that wanted to be felt. At the at the end of the day, our emotional body works in that kind of way. Like it, the feelings they just want to be felt, and mm -hmm. when we allow ourselves to feel them, then they can move and flow. Mm -hmm. But it's when we suppress feelings, and of course living in a life for so many years, it was suppressing so many feelings because I wasn't really sharing with anyone the, neither the good or the bads about what was going on in my life. It was my own life, my own inner world. And I think that that really um, somatized in the body. Mm -hmm. And uh, in your healing journey, I'm hearing you've done a lot of different things, right? And uh, I would love to, yeah, I'd like to know your highlights, ceremonies, rituals, lifestyle changes, 
anything you've been doing to to embrace the new you and to embrace your voice and embrace the freedom in the body and feeling the fears and insecurities as well as good emotions is mm. it's not some you know when you are on this journey it feels like something that every often like, and I do like everyone does it but in fact so few people ever really come back fully to their bodies right. very often also in this world we're like I'm to to live a good life and to be positive I need to be positive and so then I just feel the good things and then the bad things I'm hiding and never talking about them that's kind of like the way a lot of people live by and in reality it's so damaging for your nervous system to just forget the bad things and try to suppress them so there are plenty of things we can do to actually start feeling everything and I wonder what is it that you do and like Tell me even the most basic things, because very often the, those are that work. So I would say that one of the first layers of transformation for me was uh, when I got introduced to yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, yo- I started practicing Ashtanga yoga in 2012 when I was in Bali. I met a man there that became my boyfriend for a year and he was a big Ashtanga yoga teacher and before that I hadn't really done any form of yoga or even exercise for a long time it had been almost three years since I had done more exercise than dancing on dance floors around the world (laughs) Um, so at the time of 2012 I was um, I was living a very hedonistic life, I would say. I um, spent the whole summer living in Ibiza. I was working as an image girl for Cipriani. And I was just partying almost every day. And I loved it at the time. I had so much fun. It wasn't even feeling like a destructive way of living. Even if I look back at it now and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> it totally was. But it didn't feel like it at the time. I really enjoyed uh, until I went to Burning Man that summer. And I had, I felt that Burning Man was kind of that mirror that just made me overdo everything. And I came back from Burning Man uh, exhausted and exhausted and heartbroken on top of it. Um, <laughs> and I just didn't really know how to pick myself up. And uh, I went to Bali by myself for a few weeks and it was in Bali that I met this man and he started introducing me to this new way of living. I started being out with him in the nature. He started introducing me to eating a vegetarian diet, which I hadn't seen myself at all uh, eating in that kind of way at the time. But um, when I started eating in that way, I started feeling all this I started having so much energy in my body and um, I think after a week of us spending time together I asked him I said hey like maybe one day you could show me some yoga and he looked at me and he's like yeah he's like when you're ready (laughs) and I was like what does he mean like I'm not ready for yoga (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, you're just starting to understand a little bit about the food right now. And I'll show you some when the time is right. And um, yeah, like three days before I was about to leave, he told me one morning that, you know what, today I'm going to, you can join, you can do some yoga with me. And, And I was like, at this point, I had a lot of respect for it because now I was like, ooh, I'm ready. Mm. <laughs> and it was extremely challenging. Uh, but the thing was that the way, like the things I started feeling in my body just after after the short practice that we had that first day, uh, first of all, I started understanding that I, I hadn't really been feeling my body at all for a very long time. And all of a sudden, I had all these emotions arise uh, after I practiced. And yoga is such a beautiful practice in that way because I feel that it really helps us to, when we connect with the breath and when we connect with these kind of movements and also when we open up 
and stretch different parts of our bodies. Uh, many times there are places there where we are storing emotions. Uh, the hips are a big place, for example. Um, and for me, it would always be in the hip openers that I would have so much to release and so many tears coming. Um, and I felt that, um, yeah, that, that, that's really been one of the biggest, biggest, uh, things for me. It's still up until today. Uh, now I'm like, what is it? 11 years practicing. Um, and it's still something that brings me that sense of balance that I don't want to live without anymore. Um, yoga has really been that thing that brought me back to life in a way and brought me back to a connection where I could start feeling my body and listening to my body. And all of a sudden I would feel much more in tune with what my body wanted to eat. And it tapped into some form of intuition as well, where I, I would almost at times feel feel psychic when I first started practicing yoga uh, there were so many things that would start coming through and opening up in in my consciousness at that time so so that's really been a very very big uh, piece of the puzzle for me mm -hmm. and, um, and maybe the dietary changes that happen at the same time with that um, because I feel that when I was keeping my my vessel more clean it was also allowing more space for the emotions to move. Many times uh, we use food to actually uh, push the emotions down. And this was a very big thing for me too, because there were times in my life when I was feeling emotionally overwhelmed that, uh, or if I was feeling anxious, especially, I would binge eat. Um, so coming to a balance with what I was eating was also a very important thing. I would say that there was a time that I was becoming a bit too controlling about what I was eating. <laughs> and, uh, that was also something that I had to come back into, into healing, into actually embodying, understanding that there is, there is this beautiful thing about balance in life. Yeah. We're not supposed to do anything too dogmatic, too hard, because that too is sometimes suppressing our emotions. We're not, we're, we are here to enjoy. We are here to feel. And sometimes it's about feeling the negative emotions, but, but at the end of the day, it's about feeling everything, every spectrum. And yoga really taught me how quickly you can move from feeling bad into feeling good and that there's not really a big difference uh the pain and the pleasure like when when you're stretching into a pose where it feels like you can't go any deeper and it hurts so much uh and then the next moment you take another breath and release into that and and get to sometimes even have a release in tears and, and it's the greatest form of bliss. And mm. so yoga has really been a very big teacher for me in regards to what a fine line there is between pleasure and pain uh, and how quickly we can move from one to another if we just allow ourselves to feel all of it. Mm. Uh, and then uh, another big thing that happened for me was... Um, in 2017, I I met uh, a very dear friend of mine, Madab Wilf, uh, in Costa Rica, and he. When I first met him, um, I found him very interesting because he would ask me a lot of leading questions that would have me think a little bit deeper within myself. Uh, he's a life coach. And uh, so he really knows uh, how to help people to <laughs> dig a little bit deeper within their own consciousness. Um, and I found him very charming and interesting to start. I was certain that I was going to date him. Um, but at the time, I had actually taken a pledge of uh, celibacy. Mm -hmm. And um, I was on a journey with that and and I was sharing that with him as well and he was he told me that I'm 
totally fine with that and uh, I'm totally accepting of that. Um, but we decided to still meet up a month later and uh, spend some time together in Brazil. And when I came to Brazil, just like a day after I had arrived, he told me that uh, he actually wasn't wasn't feeling uh, the connection uh, in that kind of way. And uh, that maybe we should just spend time together and see how things go. But uh, and, and I was feeling very disappointed and very let down and very like, oh my God, this man is not attracted to me. And it was like a big slap on my ego. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but we ended up spending 10 days together in Brazil and a lot of the time he was working and I was listening uh, to many of his work calls and I was very inspired by the work that he was doing. So at the end of the trip, I turned to him and I, I basically had said to myself, if I'm not going to date this guy, then I'm going to hire him. <laughs> <laughs> well, <I> love it. <laughs> so um, at the end of the trip, I told him that I wanted to work with him instead. And I took his program for three months and it was absolutely life-changing. I... Um, uh, started to understand what it was that I really wanted to do in my life because I had spent many years uh, traveling the world and having all these different exciting experiences and I had earned quite good money but I didn't really have a purpose with what I was doing and I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life or how I wanted things to move forward from there. So. And that was also causing me a great amount of anxiety uh, because there, there wasn't that sense of doing, doing it for anything really more than my temporarily security, uh, which I knew was a very temporary thing because I knew there was going to come a time where I would get older and my beauty would fade and I wouldn't be able to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. So taking that program really helped me to tap into what is it on a bigger level that I want to do in life and um, I started understanding I was still I was going through all these digestive issues at the time uh, that was maybe the time that I was almost the sickest so um, so I really felt passionate about that I wanted to help other people not have to go through what I was going through with digestive issues. Um, and where I was at at the time was mainly looking at the, the nutritional aspect and, and some of the lifestyle aspects. So uh, I found this program at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition to become a health coach that would help me to both learn a lot more about nutrition and uh, and also about lifestyle choices that could help me to heal myself. And in return, I would also be able to help other people heal from similar conditions. Uh, so that was another very big layer for me, uh, taking that one year uh, program with the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Um, and and then I think uh, uh, after that, it was, I took another layer with them as well. That was like deepening into gut health for another six months. Um, and then I did my first uh, landmark forum in uh, 2018, in October. Um, I came to LA and I did the landmark forum, which is this self-development course that I was mentioning earlier that, uh, um, that had me look at the picture of how I could actually make a difference for people if I could step out of my small little box of just living in my own world for myself and actually seeing how my story could be of service for for the world as a bigger as a bigger consciousness. Um, and there were so many layers to landmark that were incredibly uh healing and embodying i right. really in love with their work mm. um and i took several courses uh, with them um and then 
another big thing for me that I started with last year was uh, ISTA. Mm. Uh, and ISTA, uh, I feel like ISTA and Landmark, the two courses, they really balance each other in many layers because I feel that Landmark is more about coming out in the world and communicating with people. Uh, Landmark will have you make very difficult phone calls to people in your life and uh, where you need to own responsibility for how you have created certain situations in your life. And I feel that it's very powerful in that sense because at the end of the day, we are all the creators of our own realities. And the more that we can come and own the fact that we are creating our own reality, the more power we actually bring back to ourselves and the more power we have to create the things that we really desire in our lives for the future. Um, so, so that's a very big piece. And in ISTA, I feel that it's more about the somatic healing experiences, the somatic embodying of actually feeling our emotions and coming in touch with what it is that we truly desire when it comes to pleasure mm -hmm. uh, and feeling into our bodies. Um, so. Uh, when I came to ISTA, there was still a very big layer of me that wasn't in touch with my own pleasure. Mm -hmm. uh, I wasn't really feeling um, many times, you know, even if I wasn't uh, with men for money anymore, I was still in a space of being of service when I was uh, connecting with men sexually. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I realized that that was coming a lot from my work. Uh, it was coming from that space of that I have to give pleasure to them. And uh, so in ISTA, and well, also like so many times that had actually um, led to that I was experiencing painful sex because my yoni was just not really ready or not really getting what she wanted and I wasn't communicating what I wanted uh, with my sexual partners. So in ISTA, one of the biggest, one of the first things that was coming up is that they invite you to do a lot of like self-pleasure and self-pleasure was something that felt very triggering for me because I didn't have a self-pleasure practice. I would usually rely on having other men uh, <laughs> be the ones that would bring me pleasure. Um, so when I got to just try to feel on my body and touch myself, and as soon as I was even touching my yoni or starting to feel a little bit aroused, I would just feel that pain and it made me so sad and it made me feel so frustrated. I felt as if my body was just completely broken. Um, and, and I started understanding through ISTA that my body has its own consciousness in the regard of my inner voices and there are different centers in my body that can speak to me such as my sex and my gut and my heart and my mind and they sometimes don't even want the same things uh, so being able to tune in and ask my body ask those different centers what they want and make sure that there is a resonance between the centers before I actually move forward in connections has been a very big learning experience as well. Um, and I feel that ISTA really helped me to um, both feel a lot of the different emotions that needed to be felt, the sadness, the rage, the, um, yeah, like the disappointment, all these different layers of what I had uh, done to myself over the years, not not only through sex work, but, but more by people pleasing, mm -hmm. by trying to please others before pleasing myself. Um, it really helped me to bring back and embody all of that, and it helped me to come into clarity with what is it that feels good to me? 
how do I want to be touched when I feel my body? What are actually the areas that feel good to be touched in? And how can I start communicating with my partners that I meet now um, around how I want to be touched and what I actually need and what feels good to me and what doesn't? How do I set my boundaries clearly? Uh, because that's also been a very big part for me. I was not setting boundaries. Um, I almost felt like I wasn't allowed to have boundaries because I was getting paid to perform. And mm -hmm. I just stayed in that performance mindset with my lovers too. So, um, yeah, those things have been very, very big. All of those pieces, I think, have been some of the biggest pieces uh, on my journey. Mm -hmm. I also worked with a very, very fantastic uh, emotional release coach um, uh, simultaneously to when I worked with Nadav Wilf. I worked with uh, a woman called Lisa Warninger and uh, she was fantastic. Uh, I would have weekly calls with her where we would tune in and I would feel different emotions in my body and um, get to release those. Um, and she was also helping me to come in touch with what were the different um, foods that were good for me at the moment and which were the foods that were not beneficial for me at the moment. So I could actually start mapping that and moving a bit forward on my on my healing journey because there was a while that I was so extremely restrictive in my diet that I could hardly eat anything and she really helped me to start bringing more and more foods back into into my uh, nutrition into my uh, regime so yeah I would say that those things together were probably the biggest things that have helped me on on my journey. Mm. Uh, I'm still um, at the moment working in ISTA containers. I'm uh, about to assist the training in October. So it's it's an ongoing work, but mm. it's really been a beautiful journey to feel more and more of this. I love that in the story, I can totally hear that you really made it a mission and you really made it a commitment to fully unlock the true potential that is possible from yourself within yourself and you've done a lot of work uh, which is also diverse and really addressing all different parts of mind and body somatic and the past and the future and the mindset and everything it's it's amazing to hear and very inspiring and just to finalize, as I know, you have to run, do your arts before Burning Man. Is there a uh, one simple daily ritual, or I mean, not necessarily daily, but something very simple and short that helps you connect to yourself and to your own power that you'd like to share that everyone could do? I think one of the biggest things is... It's actually self-pleasure. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. <laughs> um, but not from a place of that it needs to have an agenda. Yeah. Uh, so I would say um, taking, like, just taking a little bit of time every day to, to feel your body, to feel, mm. uh, and I'm talking about the entire body. I'm talking about... What does it feel like when I touch my hands? What does it feel like when I let my fingers slide up on my arm, across my shoulder? Like having that consciousness in the touch where you just feel into every single part of the body. And how do I like to be touched here? And what if I even would slap a little bit here? <laughs> how does that feel? Am I someone who likes that? Or am I someone who actually don't like that? Um, just touching ourselves with the sense of exploration and really adding that consciousness into every layer of the touch of feeling like just asking ourselves, like, how does this feel? How does it feel here? 
and finding different, maybe new centers of pleasure on our bodies uh, that we can connect with and realizing that self-pleasure is so much more than just touching our sex and uh, touching our clit. And it can be a very beautiful thing to go from adorning our entire bodies to then actually come to the breasts and then come down to the sex. And there's like so much arousal that might have happened in that process already that will bring a whole new layer to self-pleasure mm -hmm. uh, so that, that's a very big thing because i feel that when we do that we we discover what we really like and that really gives us the tools to when we want to connect with others we have the tools to say hey i really like this mm -hmm. and you know may i ask you to touch me like this or to touch me here and I feel that that's something that gives a lot of power to us as well, knowing what we want and knowing what we like, and then being able to ask from it in that space. This was Emilia, and you can find ways to connect with her in the show notes for this episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Feminine Power podcast. Your attention, your presence means so much to us. If you want to join the field portal and become our founding member, we are still accepting our founding members for another few weeks and you have a chance to become the core of our community and receive lifelong benefits such as 50% off our membership and access to our team and teachers, live calls, special community benefits and offers and so much more if you apply and join our founding membership while we are still accepting founding members otherwise join our regular membership and access all the necessary practices rituals and tools to cultivate sexual energy at any time thank you so much for listening and i'm looking forward to sharing more with you in our next episode